Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host Kevin Milverton at Moscow Mush. 
You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us a little later on, we have Alex and Tom from the Bruised Banana podcast to discuss the trip to Arsenal's Emirates Stadium after the international break. But with me now, I have the pleasure of two cool, calm heads to discuss yesterday's difficult loss to Everton. We have the host of Saints FC podcast, John Bailey. But first, can I introduce you, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton. How are you, Kev? Good evening. I'm all right. All right. Just okay. all right. As, as my, yeah, as my students always say. Fine, thanks. That's the only correct answer. <laughs> um, busy week? Uh, yes. Yeah, busy week. Uh, with I don't know. It's just been not particularly eventful. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really have much okay. to say about it. Um, a bit like yesterday's match. Hmm. But well, I guess we have to talk about that one, though. But yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? Um, <clears throat> um, by night sort of thing. We've, we've had this discussion, haven't we, even like last week's show? But wasn't bonfire night on Tuesday just gone? Oh, we don't do it. We we went to a firework display on the Saturday for the um, at the Aegeus Bowl, and then we haven't really done anything since. So yeah, all done and dusted. Um, did our two minute silence today. Um, the mm. kid the kids went to their uh, churches for their like rainbows and cubs group. So yeah, all done with that, and now we just have to sit and discuss the result that was yesterday. Well, um. My my week was so uneventful that the only note that I've put in here is um, I had a really strange dream this morning that I thought you'd be fascinated to hear. <laughs> um, it was uh, Pep uh, Guardiola, um, and this was just after Bob Mortimer had um, given a stand-up concert in my front room, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I really needed a wee, so I had to go off. But um, then later it was Pep Guardiola. Um, he was letting players uh, sleep with his missus to boost morale. And then uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, compared Boris Johnson to him uh, in Parliament and uh, made a joke that at least he doesn't ask for money for, uh, to do it. So that was that was an amusing wow. <laughs> dream. Fantastic. So we, we, we've come to this and we were discussing dreams. Brilliant. OK. Wow. We can <laughs> right. only dream, can't we? We can. Yeah. Um, so after all that... Um, <laughs> We're going to bring in this week's this week's star, the host of Saints FC podcast, John Bailey. John, thank you so much for coming on. This is a real honour for us. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm guessing the only reason that you've referred to me as a star because there's nobody else with anything to do with Southampton Football Club <laughs> who could even possibly have that status this weekend. No, no, you are the star. I mean, Kev, is, I mean, you, you listen to every episode, don't you? You listen to every single Saints podcast. and Yeah, and I've been, I've been listening to the Saints FC podcast, um, yeah, more or less since you started. Um, I oh, loved great. all of the um, interview episodes you did, so yeah. Yes, uh, great to have a very, very familiar voice uh, on the show today. <laughs> yeah, and actually now this completes the full set for us, doesn't it, of Saints Podcast House. We've had them all on. Um, we, we, we would actually love to have Tom on at some point as well, so that would be nice. Uh, I'm sure we can organise that. Well, they, you may not have the full set because Southampton Football Club themselves have yes. now got an official <laughs> podcast. Yes, so you now saying, need yeah. to add Ricky Lambert, Ewan Thomas and Matthew Letizia to that list. So. Well, like Kev said at the start, we can only dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, they, and, they, and they didn't ask you or Tom. 
Um, they couldn't afford meal, Tom, I'm afraid. So <laughs> they've had to, had to stick with Latisse. Oh, wow. Um, so today I am drinking the Devon Dumpling in honour of you, John, actually, because I hear you live in Devon. And yeah, you're a bit of a dumpling. That is really not what I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I was on um, The Ugly Inside this week, and I had like a West Country thing going on with my beers, and I wanted to continue that with the Bays Brewery, Yeah. so I went for the other one. Which I'm well, how doing. is the Devon Dumpling? It's not one that I've had, so... Um, it's, it, yeah, it's good. It's not as good as the other one, as the um, top sale, I think it was, that I had. Um, but, I mean, it says it's balanced sweetness, and it's smooth, so... And, you know, it's, it's alcohol, so I'm going to take it. Yeah, yeah, that always works. Always helps, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And especially when you're a Saints fan. Indeed, yeah. Um, before we get into the ITN news, a word about Movember. Hang on. What? I don't get to discuss my beer. Oh, I, I thought you were working. Yeah, I can still have a cheeky one, though, can't right. I? Are you having a beer? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking uh, a much maligned in Russia, but um, still my favourite. Um, it's a Volkovska India Pale Ale. Oh, how is it? Um, it's very intense. A lot of people don't like it, and they sort of write them off as uh, not true craft beer. But I really like it. It's only like what 75p a bottle. But uh, wow. yeah, nice tipple. Send one over, Kev. I'll give it a try. Um, I could, I could bring the other bottle too, couldn't bring I? Bring it, yeah. Bring it will be better. Um, anyway. Sorry, November. <clears throat> yes. Um, a word about November. Uh, as some of you are aware, me and a few others are, are growing our mows for November, attempting to raise awareness for men's health on a global scale. Please, please, please help us by visiting uk.movember.com. Visit the Ugly Insides Mo space. Um, I have a link pinned to my Twitter at RateHunt84 if you could follow that. Um, and, and you guys have like magnificent facial hair. So do you have any tips for me? Um, well, I don't know. I always feel like a bit of a fraud when it comes to Movember, because obviously I've had I've had the moustache, I think, for like 12 years now or something. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of cheating. Um, and <laughs> I think I had a, I, I had a beard before. So, um, you know, I went from beard to moustache. So I never grew it from scratch like that. Uh, yes, yeah, it's it's it's. it's it's difficult for me because I've never actually just grown the mo, I, and I, I yeah. am struggling with it. For tips on how to uh, grow a, a moustache on top of a beard, George the Fifth style. Is, is that for me? Or for... It, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely not what? for me, John. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're, you're the moustache expert here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you start off with a full beard, and then you, and then you trim back to whatever design that you want that's the easiest it's the easiest to start with a full canvas but once you've shaved something off it's gone you've, you've got to then like work it all back yeah. I've, yeah I've got a full beard you see so i was just wondering how if it's possible to get a mustache like a more pronounced mustache shall we say yeah i think so i mean i also do sell mustache wax as well but um if you give me your address at the end of the podcast i'll send you i'll send you a a, a pot that would be free of charge yeah. and uh <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, that 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 should uh should stiffen up your mo. That's brilliant. <laughs> I want to see the pictures as well. That'd be brilliant. That's a, a good slogan as well. <laughs> stiffen up. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, in that number news, let's start off with some contract talk. Um, I read in the week of a few players who have their contracts expiring 
Shane Long's four-year deal was up in June. He's 32 now, be 33 by season's end. Mai Yoshida, another one, 31, also expires in June. And Cedric, um, Cedric's expiring. And on Thursday, there was an article that he stated he would be leaving at the end of the season. Um, we, we assumed that last season we wouldn't, you know, we, we would let Cedric go and it wouldn't be a problem. We sent him to winter. He had a handful of appearances and he's come back. Um, and Valerie hasn't been doing great this season. Are, are we feeling that Cedric needs to stay? I mean, I, I guess all this was before his performance yesterday. Uh, I don't think he needs to stay. Like, you know, he can do a job, but um, he's not going to have much interest in playing in the championship next season. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Just started as we mean to go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think his heart's in it. Um, no. He performs okay sometimes. He's never been scintillating, and he performs badly quite a lot. He doesn't look like he cares, and Valerie blows hot and cold, but he's young, so you can excuse that to an extent. And when Valerie's looking good, he looks better than Cedric's ever looked, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, before yesterday's game, I was thinking, is this just a way for him to angle a new deal? Thinking that he's going to say that he wants to leave, and then... You know, maybe Saints will will pipe up and say, right, we'll give him a new deal. I, I think he was angling, but not for a Saints new deal. I think he's angling for suitors. Well, he hasn't his, done himself his, any, any favours after yesterday's performance, no, that's sure. No, it is quite weird, isn't it? But, mm. you know, yesterday wasn't a televised game on Sky. And I think, you know, you look at some of our players and they do seem to perform, well, they seem to raise their games against certain opposition. Mm. Um, and Kev, what about you? I mean, are you... Are you expecting uh, Shane Long to go? Are you expecting Yoshida to, you know, add another year? I, I think of all of them, we maybe want to hang on to Yoshida as um, a more experienced centre back. But I mean, he's he's not perfect there in that defence, is he? And um, we've seen him where he's been on the bench for the last couple of games. So um, it's difficult to say that he has a future at Saints. Um, Cedric, I think if you if you're right about him. Um, fishing for a new deal, I think the Saints might call his bluff on that one mm. and let him go. Um, Shane Long, yes, yeah, much as I love him, um, yeah, I think he, there's not much he can offer now. He's getting on. Yeah, he'll be 33 by the end of the season. It's amazing the energy he's got for a 32-year-old, but um, mm. yeah, still, I don't see a future for him either. And this is a, a kind of a passive way for uh, Saints to shift a few players off the books, I think. Mm. Um because you know, there's not many other ways that we can we can get rid of them, is there? <laughs> no, just let their contracts expire, and that's it, and then we're done with them. Um, the hunt for a new director of football is, you know, still underway. There was reports in the week that Preston's Joe Savage um, was was coming, but again, the club has now rubbished this. Did you hear about this? It's kind of a a non-news story by now, isn't it? It's um, yeah, there were rumours, and then they've been quashed. Yeah. yeah, it's been and gone. I think the latest rumour, or it's not so much a rumour, but um, uh, they've been saying that uh, Steve Walsh um, and Martin Glover have been working together uh, for Southampton in the scouting side of things. So, if I mean, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with uh, who Walsh is, he was the guy who was at Leicester City yes. when they scouted Kante, Vardy, Mares, etc., which which for their title winning side. So he's said that he's doing some scouting work for Southampton. Um, so I don't know if that's maybe a little bit of a 
you know, maybe he's been doing some scouting with a view to going on to a bigger role. I'm not mm. too sure. No, I haven't had this. This is good. Yeah. So um, watch this space. But, it, you know, the, this, probably this rumour will be quashed by tomorrow or by yeah. the time the yeah, listeners probably, get yeah. this. And, then, <laughs> and they'll be saying, well, what's John going on about? This is all nonsense. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really know what's going to come out of the club. But, you know, one thing the club does seem to be quite good at doing is, is keeping things under wraps until they get revealed. So, um there's only there's only certain sources that I trust with Southampton. If you see something in the Telegraph, it's normally gonna come true because they seem to leak stuff to the Telegraph all the time. Oh, interesting. Um, <clears throat> something else I want to talk about as well. Um, Angus Gunn's form and you know McCarthy's mistakes. <laughs> yeah, sort of mistakes against Man City. Goalkeepers have been you know the main talking point for about you know you know every Saints fan in recent weeks. But I want to I want to chat about Fraser Forster. He seems to be settling in, you know, nicely at Celtic, established himself as a key player. And I've heard fans saying that, you know, OK, he's playing in the SPA and the quality is lacking and, you know, from the Premier League. But in fact, arguably his best performance came in, in Europe against Lazio. Um, but did we give up on him too early? Because it looks like he feels welcome by Neil Lennon. Um, maybe it was just us not giving him that confidence. Yeah, I, there is something about Southampton and confidence and some there's some sort of kind of stink and cloud hanging over the club at the moment. Fraser Forster at his best was one of the best goalkeepers we've ever had. And I don't think I'm overstating that. If you think about his best performances, um, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to, to be at the Emirates when Fraser Forster pulled off something like 16 saves in one match and, I've never seen goalkeeping like that before. So when he's at his best, he's he's at his absolute best. But, you know, if we gave him a long, long run where he was performing badly week after week after week after week. And at some point you have to take the goalkeeper out the firing line, mm-hmm. which is obviously what Ralph's done with Angus Gunn as well. After the 9-0 loss, just felt he probably needed a break from being in between the sticks. I mean, if Fraser Forster does really well at Celtic this season and comes back to Saints and performs well, then that that's great, but I imagine he's probably going to want to stay there. Two right years, yeah. You'll have um, good memories from this previous thing at Celtic, but um, yeah, Elwi Nusi is also banging them in for Celtic. Um, yeah, you could bang them in for Celtic, though, Kev. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, no I disrespect. Just, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we we know that the, the the quality of the Scottish league is not as not as good as the Premier League, but I mean. Look at performances uh, like that and how he played for Saints. I mean, you, you can't say that there's there's nothing in it. No, I've, I mean, there's uh, people were saying he was a bit lightweight for the Premier League. It just didn't suit him because I mean, he he did play well in Europe. I saw him in the Champions League for Basel, and I thought he was I thought he was very good. And as I said to you before many times, Kev, that when we signed him, I was really excited about it. Mm. For, for whatever reason, whether he is too lightweight or whatever, it just doesn't suit his style of game, or maybe the, the way that we set up doesn't suit him. It's just it just didn't work, but yeah, I mean, he seemed, I mean, it's clear he's got that talent. Just we can't unlock it. What, what I think is quite interesting about Elianusi is um, when I interviewed Klaus Lundic Farm on the podcast, I asked him about him being you know from the same country and all, and uh, Klaus wasn't that excited about oh. Elianusi, and mm. that was, I think I think I was interviewing him in the summer before the start of the season. 
can't quite remember. But it was it was before we'd really seen anything of him, but it was pretty much confirmed transfer. And that kind of like took the wind out of my sails a bit and lowered my expectations of of Elianisi. And then, yeah, having seen him play for Saints, I kind of I could see where Klaus was coming from. It, he has done well in in Scotland, but you know Celtic is a team that are winning or attacking. Uh, and, you know, in Southampton, everyone needs to be on every part of their game for us to do well because the competition is so good. Whereas perhaps Elianisi has more freedom in the Celtic side that is ultimately going to win every game anyway. Yeah. Um, I, d- I, d- I don't know. I, I think there's there's many... You can look good in a good side, I think. Um, and, yeah, he's he's been doing well. There's there's no doubt about it. But whether it would actually ever work at Saints, I'm not too sure. Um, you, and you kind of talked about this um, on your podcast. Oh, by the way, that Klaus Lindek fan podcast is probably the, the best Saints podcast I've, I've ever heard. It's, like, really, really, um, yeah, personal and, and touching and just, just great. Um, but, yeah, our loanees... Um, is there anyone worth expecting back in January? I mean, because we, I don't, I don't really believe anyone that says that we can get someone in uh, in January to to solve the crisis. So maybe looking at loan needs is is, uh, is an option. I'd I'd probably bring in some of the young guys that have shown potential in the past and and have pulled put some good performances in in the first team in the past. Um, if you think like Everton, who are our opponents yesterday and you know when we beat them at home was it two seasons ago josh sims just caused Mm. absolute chaos against everton and you know he's continued to do that in most of his appearances for southampton he just causes chaos which is great and so i'd be looking forward to seeing him come back from the mls um apparently you know the uh, rebel new york play in a similar way to ralph how ralph wants to play um so i think that's that's potentially one to bring back. And, you know, could we do worse than giving Harrison Reed another try in the centre of midfield? I mean, yeah, good point. Yeah. I, I don't think Hoiberg's been particularly great this season, and no. James Will Prowse hasn't been wonderful. And I mean, I even heard people you know, screaming ha- ha- out for um, for Lamina to come back, just a, just a more forward thinking midfielder. That's what I yeah. wanted to, to ask, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got Slattery there who's not been given a chance. And, yeah. You know, Similar position, similar caliber. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm with John though. I, I I was really disappointed when Sims went because I even said that to you on on the show. I said that that one's a bit of a shock because kind of like fits the Ralph ethos in a way, like young player that's willing to prove himself, and he does put put in a shift. Um, very energetic player. So yeah, I was really disappointed to see him go. So who knows? Maybe we could get him back. I mean, you, you do wonder what these guys are doing in training, don't you? Because yeah. you look at the performances of the first team, which have been so dreadful, so gutless, mm. so many of them. Um, and then you think, well, you know, you, you've seen kind of like Josh Sims play well. You've seen Hudson Reed play well. You've seen kind of Callum Slattery play well. And you just think, well, what on earth are they doing wrong? Why are they not even getting a look in? Yeah. We've got nothing to lose. Um, yeah. Like game after game, we say that... Um, why has he chosen this player for this position? Uh, maybe there's something in training that, that we don't see, but it, it never translates um, on, on the pitch. So, yeah, it's, it is a big mystery what, um, how Ralph's making these decisions. Yeah. Um, Kev, you've got any more news? 
Um, yeah, under 23 manager Radhi Jaidi, he's going on a 12 month secondment uh, to become a coach of a USL team, uh, Hartford Athletic. Yeah, that's, um, that's a shame. And yeah, assistant David Bojack Horseman will be uh, <laughs> taking over <laughs> on an interim basis. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't not do it. Yeah, well done. Um, um, yeah, and I just want to say about Francis Benali becoming the official club ambassador as well. So, mm-hmm. Well done, Franny. Yeah, long time coming. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, on we go to the Everton game from Saturday afternoon. As you know, it was a 2-1 loss. Goal from Danny Ings and Davis and Richarlison for Everton. Right, I'm going to go through the starting eleven with you. Um, so, McCarthy, Bednarek, Stevens, Bestergaard, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Cedric, Redman, Ings and Giannopo. So, the two changes from City, that was Cedric and Giannopo coming for the injured Hoiberg and Valerie was dropped to the bench. Uh, John, um, your thoughts on this lineup and how did you see this? How did you see our setup? Um, well, I think a lot of the chat before the game was like, "Oh, what is the formation going to be? <laughs> Who is yeah. playing at uh, left back?" Um, and then it was, oh God, it was it was Cedric at left back, wasn't it? And then Stuart yep. Armstrong, a right wing back. That's right. Yeah. I mean. I have a, a good friend in, in the village who's a Scottish guy, um, so he knows Stuart Armstrong. And like the first thing he said to me yesterday afternoon was just like Armstrong and right wing back. What's your manager <laughs> doing? <laughs> um, and you know, the, again, it's like it's that question of like what the other players doing. You know, what is Jake Vokins doing that means that he's not getting a game at left back? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why Valerie was dropped. I didn't think he was too bad against um, uh, Man City. Uh, he, I mean, he was dreadful against Leicester. But yeah, the lot of them were. He was asked to play yeah. a position a lot of the time as well. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, exactly. But I, you know, the problem is, isn't it? You go through that lineup and you look at the kind of the 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 kind of if you say that Everton are our peers in the division and you look at the kind of players that they've got in their lineup, they're just, they're just better. Mm-hmm. You know, pound for pound, they're better. They spend more money. They've got bigger names. They've got players with, who, who've done a lot more. And, you know, there were two teams showing up with, you know, dreadful form. Uh, Everton's away form was as bad as our home form. But you just kind of look across it, and you, and you look at our lineup, and it, you just you just don't feel confident at all, do you? I Absolutely mean, even not, with yeah. three at the back, Bednarek, Stevens, and Vestergaard, and and the problem is as well that I think Ralph has is that you look at the Leicester game, and it was also dreadful, and then you get to the the away game against Manchester City, and I, I actually thought Vestergaard played really well. I thought Stevens played really well. Yep. Bednarek was okay as, uh, again, and yet here we are. Yeah, one week later, and they've all reverted to type. Yep. Um, I mean, I was like, sorry, you. I went a little bit beyond. No, the no, that's, up there, that's didn't perfect. I? I, I just started. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> anger um, was building up. <laughs> um, I was at work when the when the team sheets come out, and I, from what I saw, the early on, it looked like Cedric was playing right wing back, and it looked like Jennifer was playing left wing back. And I thought, oh, okay. I thought if you're going to play someone back there, at least it's going to be someone that can get up and down. But then I saw it changed. And I was confused. I mean, Kev, how did you see it? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I, I was tweeting on the day and I saw, you know, three different versions of three, that lineup. Um, and apart from Vestergaard Stevens and Bednarek, uh, Suarez is obviously right back. So I thought I'll write those down in my notes <laughs> and fill in the rest later when it becomes uh, clear what's, what's going on. When and it I becomes still, clear, yeah. <laughs> I've still got it wrong. So because. <laughs> After last time, it was just like a spider's web. But yeah, I mean, there's so many questions. Um, yeah, who who are the wing backs? Is it five or four at the back? Because there's only four defenders there. Um, where's Hoiberg gone? I didn't hear about the concussion, but um, yeah, apparently, uh, day of the match, he was out concussed. Yeah. Um, James Ward-Prowse is captain. I suppose that's logical, but it's just a running joke, isn't it? I mean, do you think it's more of like a kind of diversion tactic that you can uh, put off Everton with the element of surprise where if they don't possibly. know where they're going to be playing they yeah, can't build possibly, tactics yeah. you know maybe maybe you're onto something there I don't know um, no one expects Stuart Armstrong at right back let's do it let's I shake mean, it up a bit yeah. that, that, that is true I mean likewise nobody would expect Danny Ings to be in goal and Alex McCarthy to be up front but we haven't you know gone that wild yet oh there's, there's still time <laughs> Just wait, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Oberfemi back and uh, yeah, Valerie on the bench. Yeah, oh sorry, the bench, yeah. Gunn, Yoshida, Valerie, Danso, uh, Bufal, Adams and Oberfemi, yeah. Um, right, into the game. I get, Kev, I'll start with you. Um, you I, we won't go through the, the entire game in its entirety because that would just, you know, drive me to more drink. But can I have your initial... You know, just the initial thoughts on the game as a whole. I mean, we started off um, as we meant to go on by not really doing anything at all. And being down a goal at five minutes makes you think, oh, God, here we go. Um, but it turned out that Everton couldn't really be bothered to play in the first half either. But, yeah... Well, they didn't need to after going a goal up, did they? Because considering their confidence isn't high at the moment, you score a goal inside five minutes. Yeah, I mean, from a corner as well. Yeah, and zonal marking again that left Bednarek with Richarlison and Davies to deal with um, on his own. Yeah. And couldn't deal with it. Surprise. No, and I just had to kind of look back and try and find um, Vestergaard for, for, for both of the goals. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what his role is. Well, his role in the first goal was to mark Holgate. That was his area, that and he didn't do it. Well, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but defensively, it just looks like we're done uh, as a unit. It's just so easy. And like you said, John, um, what are they doing all week? What are they working on? I mean, we can see, watching it week in, week out, how susceptible they are to, to crosses and how weak they, they, they appear to be. How they're not, It doesn't look like they're dealing with it at all. It's like, what they are, are they but- doing? But that, I mean, that is the great mystery, isn't it? I mean, you look at the game at, um, uh, against Man City in the, the the league game rather than the cup game, mm-hmm. and they fa- they faced wave after wave after wave of crosses from Man City, and they dealt with you know so so many of them. I don't know what the final numbers were um, in the end. And Vestergaard was fantastic; he wasn't being beaten in the air by anyone. Um, and then you know, two minutes or however long it was, what, about three and a half minutes, wasn't it, when this corner came in? Yeah. And he's been beaten at the first opportunity. And you just think, like, mate, you put in a fantastic 90 minutes last weekend. Just do the same. You put in that sort of performance against Everton and you come away with three points. Um, 
you know, what what is the point in playing that well against Man City if you oh. don't play that well? in the games just, where you've actually got a chance of winning. I think it's got to be a mentality thing, hasn't it? Like, you go into the City game as, as damage limitation, just sit back, hold on, and try not to concede. But in this Everton game, I don't know, maybe they just saw them as as easy prey to catch on the counter-attack. Let's drop our guard a little bit. We don't have to be as switched on as we, as we were against City. I don't know. I, I, I can't explain it. I do, I do think there is a there is a problem with St Mary's. Um, and I think the, there's a problem with the fact that actually Saints look better when they are kind of in a defensive mode with the idea of making kind of like quick um, counterattacks or kind of pressing, breaking up attacking play. But you can't set up like that at home because the fans just won't accept it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's getting to the point now where I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because like if you go to the ground, if you go to St. Mary's, you want to, if you were going yesterday at three o'clock, you're expecting the players to kind of like the moment of the whistle blows that they're going for it. They're going to charge out and they're going to put everything on the line. But actually the best thing for us would be to kind of, you know, have like two rows of five players be really, really tight and then slowly let your, your confidence build and try and break up the opposition play and try and score, you know, nick odd goals. But I just, it's hard to do that at home, isn't it? The fans yeah. don't expect that sort of football. Um, you know, maybe it's going to be a blessing that our next game is Arsenal away, where we can set up like that and we can kind of work our way into the game. Uh, yeah, just remembering that first half. I mean, it was it was dire, wasn't it? I mean, there, there was absolutely nothing offered. Nil poir. No, no shots across the board. Yeah, um, no it, corners. And it started to show as well, didn't it? Because at the halftime whistle went, the boos are all ringing around St Mary's. Mm. Um, I mean. The, we got 47% of possession and did nothing with it at all. I yeah, mean, to me, two touches in the box. Two touches in the to box. To me, that shows if you've got the possession and you've got a lot of the ball. Well, I say a lot, but you know they didn't have as much as Everton, sure. But doesn't that say that you cannot do anything with it? There's a, there's a lack of creativity in the middle of the park. There's there's a there's a problem that we've got getting the ball to, to Ings. There's no one there that yeah. can do anything. And if you're asked to play in that holding, you know as Whenever Stuart Armstrong plays, he always seems to be doing that sort of job. He, he comes on either too late, or he's been asked to do a job that isn't hit, that isn't right for him. And it's just we've got nobody else that can take that ball and give it and give it to the forwards. And if you look at our touch map at half time, I, I mean, there's, I a, want to. there's a streak, <laughs> streak along the right wing where Redmond was playing, mm. and yeah, the the mid, middle of the field and um, in our, our attacking area just. Practically nothing. I mean, it's just it's just sad. Yep. Um, the second half, though, it started better. Um, the, the fans seemed to find their voices as well. We got our first corner. Uh, Gianepo seemed to be doing a, a good job against um, Schneiden. Yeah. Well, Gianepo was also cheerleading as well, wasn't he? Yes. So yeah. My brother was sat in the chapel, and about a minute before Saints scored, Gianepo was telling everyone to stand up and support the team and good and lad, actually get lad. behind the team. So. Oh, that's great. You know, that's that's it. The players can play the players want, yeah. feel it, don't they? Um, yeah. And Buffal came on and yeah, just, just about to say Buffal extra spark replacing Cedric, who just didn't look like he wanted to be there. His head's not here anymore. Fine, um, but yeah, like you say, Kev, he changed it. Um, and um, when when Buffal made that um, long shot um, in the first couple of minutes of the second half 
just loved the crowd chatting like we've had a shot <laughs> <laughs> um, something to sing about it. i know but, i know i know it's difficult in this you know in this manner to talk about the positives but you know you kind of like have to hunt for them but Buffal was probably that and that, that piece of work down the right was excellent um mm. but that's what it's going to take isn't it individual brilliance um and then obviously ings was there with the tap in but that's the way that we can see our goals coming from. It's just going to be something individual from, you know, Redmond, Genepo or, um, or Buffal. It's not, it's, not, it's not going to be enough though, is it? It's like, not. We, we need to be able to get goals from elsewhere. We need to turn some of the James Ward Prowse um, free kicks into goals, whether that's people actually heading them into the back of the net or not. Um, and earlier on in the season, Dennings was causing a lot of problems for goalkeepers and central defenders. You know, nicked a goal against Tottenham from a goalie's goalkeeping mistake. Yeah. Get one against Man United as well, like that. Or no, it was Liverpool, wasn't it? Was it? Wolves, you got one uh, against as well with uh, And Wolves as well. Area. Yeah. So you know that that that's an area that we can get goals, but it needs to be more well, more than just the individual brilliance, doesn't it? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but were we playing with two strikers at the start of the season? Wasn't wasn't Ings and Adams playing? And, and Adams, he was yeah. working really really hard, and yeah. I felt like he was going to get his goal, and then. He come out for a rest and haven't seen yeah. him since. <laughs> no. It's a long it's been rest. a very long rest, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, what is your opinion, actually, guys, on the the Yeri Mina uh, pull or shove down on Genepo, um in the box? Was was that a penalty? Obviously, clearly, I'm reaching. Yeah. We think it was a penalty. Yeah. I mean, pushes him in the box. I mean, the commentator said at the time that if that happens outside the box, that's a free kick. I think, yeah. I think you know, what's the point of VAR if you're not going to deal with that sort of thing? Mm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I mean, I, I guess kind of once the referees decided it's not going to be a penalty, they're not going to overall under the current iteration of VAR. But it, yeah. the whole idea that if that happens outside the box, it's a foul, then... By default, if it happens inside the box, it should be a foul and therefore a penalty. Okay. Yeah, and, and VAR is supposed to take these grey areas out. But I mean, it's VAR has been good for us in, in the overall, so I'm not complaining too much. But mm-hmm. it would have been nice to have got that one. It, it certainly would have done. Yeah, that could have changed the game. Like B2 went up there and... Yeah, maybe, lost maybe, it 3-2 in and... the end instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or they could have set up like they did against City and, you know, yeah. and been a little bit more... You know, blocking machines as they were. Yeah. Uh, we, a little bit more to talk about in that game, positive-wise. We had that free kick on the edge of the box, um, but that all come from from Genepo being a pest. Yep. So um, that that was a spark. That was something that we, we're going to need. It was a good free kick from Ward Prowse as well, and it was a a good save. Um, but the second Everton goal. Oh, I mean, Richarlison, his first goal in eight Premier League games, and it just fucking had to be against us, didn't it? You just you just knew it. It always is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Christian Benteke is probably rubbing his hands together at the prospect <laughs> of playing us in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Um, how did we see the second goal? I mean, it was a it was a decent cross. He he, he picked him out perfectly. It, it was a decent cross, but was it was it Gineppo? It was he was playing in. He was, he was kind back, of like yeah. yeah, he was coming back at that, and you could see in the way that Gineppo is defending that that he's not a left wing back or a left back by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I I, I love Gineppo already. You know, mm. so short into his Saints career, he seems so important to us. I just hope but, he doesn't um, have any problems you know, with with injuries. That, yeah, I mean that's the risk though, isn't it? If you're playing attacking players in those positions where they've also got defensive responsibilities mm. sometimes you get 
defending. I mean, it wasn't like atrocious defending, but he didn't do what a decent left back would have done. And sure. you know, it would have made the made the cross a lot more difficult if he was you know an experienced left back. I think. Sure. Um, and as usual, Kev, the subs came too late. Uh, I saw your tweet. Yeah. Uh, Adams and Obafemi brought on you know essentially on a, a lost cause. Uh, and you know, as soon as we did that, I think Everton responded with, you know, they took Richarlison off and put Michael Keane on. So check him, mate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw you tweet, so you must have been pretty angry with that. Oh yeah, I was livid. I mean, 80 minutes. I mean, okay, he made a half-time sub, but I mean, you know, we're getting back into the game. We we need to push and try and get that three points. The crowd would be totally behind us if if Adams was there for half an hour terrorising the Everton defence, but. No, just just pure frustration again. Yeah, um, and and like I say that was it, two one. Um, I'm going to take a look at the stats quickly, as we we touched on before the possession, forty seven to fifty two. Uh, like I said, yeah, it just goes to show. The Sorry. One percent for the referee. And one percent for the referee. Yeah, it just goes to show that yeah, we're, we're pretty clueless with the ball. Um, you know, and, and all that possession and the shot count. I think we had four shots. So, yeah, four shots to their 24. That's yeah. Uh, Three on target. And we've mentioned all of that. We had James Ward-Prowse free kick, <clears throat> Booth yeah. long shot, and the goal. And that's it. And the key passes was, was a stat that I was like, <laughs> my eyes were a bit wide on. Two key passes to their 17, five corners to nine. It's just, it's that dark feeling again, isn't it? It's one point from the opening six home games is not good enough. Uh, lost four home games in a row for the first time at St Mary's. It's just it's relegation form. It's our worst ever start to a season at home, isn't it? Yep. I mean, what, Watford managed to win at Norwich on Friday night, and that pushed them above us. So we're now what nineteenth, eight points, and you know we're three three points off of Villa and six behind Newcastle and Everton. And if Villa win today, I mean, God, we're we're in deep deep trouble already. Let's say we can see the most goals in the top flight since 1930-31. Horrible. <laughs> Sorry, this is really bad, isn't it? It's, it's just, what, can I, I'm can just I here us... sobbing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, it's not your son this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I, if I can try and end on a positive. Okay, you can try. Okay, so um, depending on how today's results go, this might be different. Uh, but we've played all but two of the top half teams. Um, and those two teams are Arsenal and Palace. Arsenal we're playing next. Um, and in the bottom half, um, there's only four teams we've played. Spurs, Everton, United and Wolves. And Spurs and United, you'd, you'd think of as more top half teams, surely. Um, so we do have a lot of, dare I say, weaker opposition Coming yeah, up. Thought, yeah, but we thought that's about about Everton. Mm. After the loss to City, we were like, okay, let's just take Man City as our sorry, let's just take Everton as our true gauge. Let's just see where yeah. we are after that. I I agree with you there. I think Everton was the start of a run of I think it's six very very important games where other than Arsenal, the other five teams are all teams that are in and around us mm-hmm. down in the relegation position. So you know. Um, we're one out of six of those fixtures. Yeah, there we go. We've got another five to go. And I think after that, you'll probably know whether Southampton are going to get relegated or not. I Absolutely. suspect. Completely agree with you. Um, John, can I have your man of the match? If it matters. 
a, what, a Southampton man of the match. If you would, yeah. <laughs> if, if, you, <laughs> if you possibly can. Um, I think it's... It's got to be Buffal, I think, because he's the only real spark. Although, you know, a little nod to Gineppo for trying to get the chapel stand to chant. I think, you know, that's that's admirable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin? Um, I'm going to have to say the same. So, I mean, my, I've got down here my man of matches, Ings, because I always like to look at the match as a whole. But I'm pretty sure we can discount the whole of the first half. So I'm going to give it to Buffal as well. You, you could give it to Buffal providing that spark, um, the, the assist and the goal as well. But I'm going to give it to Danny just to be different. Um, yeah, he was all over the place. Uh, and I, I am, you know, I'm a big, a big fan of um, of Danny. Uh, he always desperately tries to make things happen, and if that means dropping deep, then so be it. You know, he's he's one of our you know few players to be always giving his all. And his all might not be good enough, but he still tries. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give cast it to him. Him very lonely figure in that match um mm. just had absolutely nothing nothing yeah, to work you feel with for him um, so, and when our most creative player uh, left wing back i mean <laughs> just, just saying it what? it just makes me laugh <laughs> yeah. oh yeah um and as usual after after a loss twitter was absolutely on fire um, I, I couldn't even be bothered to entertain you know a coherent response i just wanted to sit in the dark room and sulk that's all I wanted to do. I didn't even talk to my family yesterday. Even though I was just such a miserable. Uh. But um, let's let's just talk about where the team goes now. Uh, you know, we have an international break. We can lick our wounds, regroup. Um, are we seeing this as detrimental or a blessing? The break. We say this every time, don't we? Like, oh, is it a good time? Well, it's just come after a loss, as usual. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it. I, I guess in some ways it does, but you know. What are the chances are that we work really, really hard for two weeks and then concede within three minutes at the Emirates and then suddenly all of that two weeks work just goes up in smoke? Yeah. Um, John, where, where do you stand on Ralph? Do, do you do you think there's a disconnect with his players? Um, I, I think Ralph is as good a manager as we're going to get at this point. I don't think he's getting the best out of the players. Um I don't think we're also getting the best out of Ralph either. I don't think he has the support uh, on the pitch side. I don't think he has the right players on the pitch. I don't think he has the support from above. I mean, we were talking about the director of football earlier. I think he's a lonely, lonely figure. And, you know, we're not giving him the tools to do the job properly in every department. Um, I think Ralph will go on to be a very successful manager. And I just, I hope that there's some unforeseen turnaround and he can be a success at Southampton but it's looking less and less likely the, the longer it goes on That's a really do you think point. there are some broken promises out there you know that um, he'd been lured in with a promise of um, good budget or a lot, lot of freedom and support that he's not getting I don't think there was some over promising because if you look at the interviews when he first joined they were very much kind of like you know i agree with the philosophy of bringing through youth i don't you know i don't I'm not expecting to spend loads of money etc etc um i don't know if perhaps he anticipated how much of a hindrance that is in the premier league i mean you look at the amount of money that our opponents on saturday are spending on players you know like sigurdsson and richarlison were um spent you know for double maybe three times as much as we would normally spend on a player um so it's hard it's it doesn't hard always to... work though, does it? i mean cooman spent a bomb at everton 
and he had him in the relegation zone at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Everton are probably a confusing club as well. I imagine the Everton podcast most of the season is probably having similar conversations to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it 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 doesn't always work, but but then you know, if you're not going to give them the players, do you then have to invest a lot in the coaching to allow them to do more with the players that we've got? And they haven't done that. You know, yeah, he's got yeah. the same old faces that, that 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 have been under the last few managers. Do you then spend the money in, you know, the scouting network in the academy? Well, we're not seeing that come. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. Um, I, I've received several messages uh, post-game regarding Ralph, so I'll indulge you. Um, one person, I won't, I won't name him, or her, <laughs> but he said, um, or she. Uh, I think playing, <laughs> I think playing three centre backs uh, or three defenders at home against fellow strugglers is baffling. He's, Ralph, uh, got no idea since losing his pal Danny Roll. Tactically, defensively and positionally, that was truly dreadful. I mean, yeah, I think Ralph is making mistakes. But, I mean, it shows that, you know, he's scared to change things, I think, through fear of losing. You know, he's, he's lacking confidence just as much as the players. And I think in, in August, would he have made these changes, you know, earlier? He probably would have done, I mean, like substitution-wise. Um, well, I mean, that, that, that's where you need a good assistant, isn't it? Where you yeah. go like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about bringing on Che Adams and then them going, yeah, I think that's a really good idea because we could do this, that and the other. Or no, I think that's a terrible idea. You need to bring on so-and-so instead. Like you need someone to bounce ideas from. Like, well, if yeah, he's just there on his own, own he's, yeah. he's, he's ponderous, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, and people are saying, oh, let's get him out. Actually, do you know what? From what I've read, there's a lot. That's the thing. There's a lot of people that are. I think the majority of people want him in still, and I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Um, But like I said, yeah, if we sack him, then what? You know, what's, what's the plan? You know, now in this club, we'll probably get Pellegrino back because he's looking for a Mm. job. Big Sam. Oh, shut up about Big Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and another message that I received was like, we we play a right back at left back, a central attacking midfielder at right back, leave a right back on the bench, (laughs) then take off Cedric. And play a left-sided attacking midfielder at left back, five at the back versus relegation candidate with two utterly clueless and ineffective players in the squad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I mean, yeah. it's 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 hard to argue against these tweets, isn't it? Because it's it's true, and we all know it's true, and it's sad and painful to to hear. Um, but like you say, we need someone to bounce the ideas off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Ralph is is a bad manager. I, Absolutely not, I do no. think he is going through a very very difficult time and he is not coping particularly no. well. But no. I think we I think we need to rally around him and support him. Absolutely, yeah. Because I don't think we're going to get anyone else better at, at this point. No, and and we as a podcast, Kev, I'm going to speak for you here. We are totally 100% behind Ralph Hasenthal. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was an unconvincing 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Satellite delay, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay, oh, thanks okay. for that again. <laughs> um, okay, but we do try, need to try and stay positive. Um, we, we can turn this around. It's still early November. Um, and as you say, we've got some games coming up that we can win. Um, in the second half yesterday, we showed some fight, albeit a little bit. We gave it to them, even though we were you know, virtually down on every single stat. And, you know, pick what, pick up one win and that can change everything. So, Well, I can't, can it? We need to pick up two wins to get out of the relegation well, zone. Well, that's true. But I meant, I meant as in terms of confidence. Mentally, yeah. yes. And then we can, you know... It'll get, improve get... my mood for a week, certainly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, 
we can beat Watford, we can beat Norwich. Um, We're fixed yeah. watching again, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, if if we do beat Watford, that's a big one because I mean they've just come up a win as well, haven't they? Um, mm-hmm. Watford been written off and they've managed to um, resurrect their season with, with that win. So yeah, why can't we? Well, I said it on that. I was on the Ugly Insides build-up show, um, and I said uh, I can see us losing to Watford. Actually, I could see that being the first their first win. So I'm glad that they've done that now. <laughs> In some ways, yeah. so it's not going to be. So you're us. already wrong. That's good. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Are we ready for the for the quiz? Yeah. Go on. Let's Wee. stop talking about the football because it's. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. Right. Question number one. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Saints won the Johnson's Plate Trophy back in 2010, beating Carlisle 4-1 in the final. But who did we beat in the semi-finals or the area final? Mm, I want to say Norwich, but I think I'm wrong. Uh, it was MK Dons. Ah, oh, that was it. Yeah, I remember now. Okay. Second question. Uh, who won our Player of the Year in 2017-2018? Uh, was it Alex McCarthy? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Alex McCarthy. I know Romeo won it. I just had to think of Mark before. Hughes and then actually think, no, Romeo won it the year before that. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, question number three. Last season, what was the transfer fee for Angus Gunn? Uh, is it £6 million? It wasn't. It was 13 and a half. Bloody hell. Is that how much we spent yeah, on him? that seems yeah. bad Jeez. now, doesn't it? <laughs> Man City are rubbing their hands together. Um, slightly easy one here. So, um, I name the teams, you name the player. So Burnley, Saints, West Brom, Burnley. Uh, Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. Two points. Right. Okay. So anyway, who am I? This is for three points. Born in Hungerford, Berkshire, in July 1989. Uh, Charlie Austin. Oh, straight in there. Well done. Three points. Yep. <laughs> Damn it! I had a load of clues written. I didn't even need to go and find the other ones. Did I? I didn't think you would, yeah. Because like, if, even if I if I got that one just by looking at it, I was like, ah, okay, yes, that's chatter, yeah. isn't it? Can't fit anywhere else. But yeah, well done. So that was mm. five, five five points. Yeah, that's good. That's quite high on the leaderboard, actually. Yeah, it's only actually one behind the leader, isn't it? Freddie. Yeah, Freddie in the lead with six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expected, I think, for Freddie to be top of that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so joint second. Good. Uh, All right. I haven't haven't totally shamed myself. I was no. quite lucky with the I Charlie Austin one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Four questions. Kev, do you want to go first? Oh right. Okay. Um. So, um, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years, or sleep in a haunted house for ten? Haunted house. <laughs> Straight away, just a haunted house. Okay. Even with um. The ghosts of former Pompey players, and uh, they're all shouting "Play up, Pompey!" Uh, <laughs> right into the night, and you've got that uh, that fucker with the bell <laughs> just in front of your bed. <laughs> well, I don't believe in ghosts, so would I even see them or hear them? I'm not sure. Um, uh, believe it or not, it's happening. <laughs> okay, well then it's the shirt. <laughs> okay. Cool. Nice. Um, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? Um, I think half the height of Lionel Messi. Oh. Twice as high as Peter Crouch, you're not actually going to be able to go in any buildings. No. Yeah, that's that's it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, my son's really going for it now. Can you hear that? <laughs> oh yeah, it's fine. 
definitely take him to St Mary's to yeah. let that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have a favourite fan chant at St Mary's? I think my favourite one of all time was the Victor Wanyama one. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, although the Gabbiadini one was pretty special as well. That, that was pretty good fun. Yeah, the, play, yeah. the player ones are usually better than the team yeah. ones, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the EFL Cup final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it this week. Um, Kev, is there anything that you want to add? Well, I'll ask on your behalf. Skulls or Gerard? Oh, okay. Um, oh. I think Skulls, although I probably prefer Gerard. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think Skulls would be more useful in our team. Yeah. Oh, it definitely would be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I think that's about it. So, yeah. Thank you for finding the time for us. It's been a. It has been a treat for us. Yeah. Um, for actually, sure. Thanks, guys. But before All we right. let you go, um, I mean, can I get an Arsenal score? An Arsenal prediction? Um, two-one uh, Arsenal. Two-one Arsenal. Okay. And also, as we've got you here, I just want to say how amazing your fantasy football team is. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> I don't know if how you've got this far without mentioning it. Yeah. Like this. This. Every single show that we have, we always announce the, the weekly winners and the overall winners. And every single week we've done this year, it's been you. So, yeah. Brilliant. I'm sorry about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> Except this week. Oh, actually, no, no. He's still top, though, isn't he? No. Oh, he's no. not. He always got taken off. Oh, okay. He's been pipped to the top. That's all oh. here in the, yeah, in the, um, extra, time in the extra time segment. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Well, there is there is still time for my team to turn it around. I've got three City and Liverpool players, so. Oh well, there we go. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to go and uh, see if I can help placate my little end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck, mate. Uh, it's yeah. been Cheers. great to talk to you. Absolutely. Yeah, pleasure. you too. Thanks, Cheerio, thanks guys. John. Up the Saints. Have a good rest of your Sunday. Cheers, you too. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. Up the Saints. Joining us now, we have a double treat. We have Tom and Alex from Bruised Banana Podcast to discuss our trip to the Emirates after the international break. So, yeah, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, first, let's bring in Tom. Tom, how are you? Uh, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Um, although we have just recorded our own uh, podcast off the back of the Leicester game yesterday. So um, I'm, I'm also very angry. <laughs> yeah, you can. we can join you in that one. <laughs> um, and Alex, how are you? Hello. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm actually, for the first time ever, feeling quite glad about the fact that we've got an international break now. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, welcome to our group therapy session. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like today, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, so before we, we go into, you know, the game, uh, I, I just want to say, I've listened to the podcast, your Bruised Banana podcast in preparation. I do, like, love the feel of your show. Um, and how, can I just ask, how's Dan's voice now? Uh, yeah, it's good. He uh, he's been having regular hourly lemsips since he <laughs> since he lost his voice. Um, I actually quite liked the emotional Phil Mitchell version of that, <laughs> but um, yeah, unfortunately, he has gone back to his normal voice, which is still you know uh, um, an acquired taste, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, great job on the podcast. Um, for our listeners, can you tell us like about about the Bruise Banana and like the origins? Yeah. Um, so we started the Bruce Banana podcast at the beginning of last season. The idea being that we looked at the uh, Arsenal podcast landscape and saw that there were about 60 odd and thought we could, it could use one more. 
Um, but uh, in all seriousness, we felt like uh, it was a time, obviously a, a time of great transition within the club as um, Arsene left after, um, you know, uh, two decades in charge. And we kind of wanted to, I guess, chronicle the new the new Arsenal for ourselves. Um, and then also when we get together and we talk, we invariably talk a lot about what's going on at the club at the moment, but we always end up going back into nostalgia. So the fact that our podcast is called the Bruce Banana, which is a nod to kit that we had back in the early nineties, which funnily enough, this season has obviously um, come back and yeah, I like it. I like the kit. Uh, yeah. Have done their own new version of it. Um, that's, uh, you know, evidence of how much we're influencing football, even just a season into our own podcast that we were able to, to have that happen. Um, we, you know, we also wanted to have a nod to that. So we kind of, we tend to do a lot of going back into the past. Alex is obviously the, uh, is our historian on the podcast. So he does a lot of kind of, um, dives into, um, kind of Arsenal history and also the history of our opponents. Um, we just wanted to, to be kind of, you know, serious but lighthearted at the same time look at the club uh, as it is now but kind of in the context of 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 how it's been in the past as well and just try i suppose at the same time to fight a little bit against the arsenal fan tv side of things which is such a toxic part of our fan base and one that we that we sort of know is prominent in terms of how people see arsenal fans on the internet um and we just wanted to have something that was a little bit more a little bit more measured um, in response to that, I suppose. Is there anything I've missed there, Alex? No, I think that's an excellent summation. So, yeah, well done. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a loaded question, I suppose, but what is the general feeling around the club at the moment? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I just want to jump in on that, specifically yeah. highlighting Emery and, and, and Xhaka. I think, I think the, yeah, I think the, the Xhaka situation is sort of... Um, disappeared into the background a bit now which is which is probably fine um it looks like he won't play for us again it looks like he will be actively looking for a move in january so i think that's i think that's good for all parties to be honest it makes sense um and i don't think we're going to miss him either so we're kind of we've kind of sort of put that to bed slightly uh unless obviously emery does what emery does which is to confound all expectations and to just bring him in from the cold at some point and <laughs> pretend like nothing happened. I don't think that will happen. Uh, the general feel is awful at the moment, but in a weird way, it's the most united we've been as a fan base for some time now. Um, for the fact that basically most supporters can see that we're, we're going absolutely nowhere with, um, with this head coach in charge and that also the squad is, uh, basically, way better than what it's um, what the results are and the performances are at the moment. So, well, they, or at least it feels that they should be. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a strange one because people are miserable, but people can also see that they're in agreement that you know it, all it should take is a change at the top. If the board have have any sort of balls. Um, uh, Balls, yeah, basically balls. That's it. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, <laughs> to to do it, then yeah, we could have some improving fairly quickly. Just just um, in the same way that United did under Solskjaer last season. Obviously, they made the, the criminal mistake of actually giving them, him the job full time, and we don't think that would happen with uh, an interim manager for us. But who knows? Yeah, 
So you're you're both fully on board of Emery being replaced. Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the, what, the sort of fr- quick phrase summary of what Alex is saying there is that the Arsenal fans are united by hate. Um, we obviously in the in the last years of of Wenger, um, it was very much split more or less down the middle between those that um, wanted him gone and those that kind of wanted him to stay forever. Um, interestingly enough, I suppose we kind of fall, we actually fall in the middle of those two viewpoints ourselves. Um, now it's, it, yeah, we, as a podcast and I think as a fan base, we are all kind of saying that this guy is not the long-term solution for the club and all he's going to do is kind of drag us drag us further down the longer he stays in 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 the post it seems so um the the sooner we can kind of get him out and obviously you know bring the right uh, interim coach in or if it's a long term appointment the right long term coach in the the better um because it it feels like it's only going to go one way at the moment and that's that's down the table um I just want to talk recent form this is going to be pretty difficult um I haven't had a win in a while a bit like us um, and yesterday, did you go into? Oh, sorry, was it Saturday? The um, Leicester game. Yes. Did you? Your Saturday evening, wasn't it? Did you go into that game like, you know, fearing the worst, thinking that you were going to lose? We were never going to win that game, Leicester. Leicester. It's you know, it's plain to see for everybody that they're they're playing with such a verve and style and confidence that they were always going to put one over on on a team that just looks so sort of. Yeah, I think you can, riddled you can thank with us for that like confidence. Us. I think you know. Well, possibly, yeah, but they were kind of um, they were playing well before that game as well, and that was that was they a bit were, of a yeah. weird, weird game, wasn't it? I mean, we, mm-hmm. I'm sure that we'll get onto like elements of that in, in in a bit when we talk about Southampton themselves. But um, yeah, I think um, Leicester are sort of riding that wave at the moment. I don't think it will last all season, but um, I think it was always unlikely that we would go there and and putting a put in a dominating performance and. And even get a draw. So yeah, I mean that says everything about where we currently are at the moment um, as a club. And and the European form as well. I mean a disappointing uh, draw on Wednesday evening. Yeah, I mean we're top of that group um, by virtue of having some some good wins earlier against Frankfurt and um, Standard Liège. But the two two games we've played against the Portuguese side, Vitória, have been absolutely abysmal, and uh, we got bailed out by Pepe. Two wonderful free kicks at the Emirates, and then um, the game midweek at the, uh, at the at the amazing time of ten to four on a Wednesday afternoon was um, <laughs> was it was just grim. The whole thing was just really, really, really poor. So it doesn't fill you with much confidence because when we do get out of that group, you know the, the standard of opposition will continue to rise. I mean, and of course, take... you've got the Champions League uh, losers of their well, third place of their group would drop into the Europa League. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it might not happen immediately, but um, once once you get sort of to the quarterfinal, semi-final stage, you, you're expected to be up against better opposition than Vittoria de Gimaraes. And you know, right now you wouldn't, you wouldn't back us uh, against anyone really. So yeah, it's, it's looking great, guys. It's, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like you know, in in the early part of the season, our our cup games were kind of the respite that we had from from poor performances and, and bad results in the league. Um, but obviously by our own standards, because, you know, we're aware of the fact that it's the classic thing with Arsenal fans. We're bemoaning things, but we're still, you know, uh, in a fairly uh, good position in the league table. But we've been playing terribly, basically, basically since the last sort of five or six games of last season. Um, but then in the Cups, it was sort of like, 
you know, I mean, the Europa League is this sort of funny slash stupid little adventure that we're having now. Obviously, we feel like we should be in the Champions League. It's just it's just bizarre that we're playing these small uh, uh, sides in Europe and we're playing them on Wednesday at 10 to 4. Um, that's just kind of funny. Um, but, you know, the, 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 get the cup games were a little bit more fun, a little bit more exciting. Obviously, we were playing more of our sort of um, youth squad players who generally were outperforming the, the players that are in the senior squad. Um, you know, so a player like Saka, who's now sort of, well, actually, I, I wouldn't, I don't actually know what his current position within the senior squad is because he hasn't played the last few games in the league, but he kind of has some good performances in the cups and got brought into the senior squad, which was quite exciting. Obviously he's a young 18 year old guy who, who, who we are enjoying seeing kind of play well. Um, but now even that, seems to have been taken away from us because yeah we're playing we're playing rubbish rubbish in Europe as well and you know even when we go 4-1 up yeah. against Liverpool yeah. at Anfield we end up losing on penalties so yeah that was a very entertaining game though for, <laughs> just for been us. watching the highlights of that it's yeah something else yeah. I mean there, this, there seems to be a, a more broader thing in football in general at the moment that just like games are ridiculous I mean you know you obviously lost 9-0 at home um, all right all right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do you remember that happening? Um, uh, don't worry, you won't be losing 9-0 away. Um, and then obviously the Chelsea-Ajax game, which was crazy. Um, I think there was another mad game recently that I feel like I'm forgetting. But like, was it Palace? Yeah, so just there's just, you know, it's been like a fortnight of sort of, of, of crazy results. Um, and and that, that game against uh, Liverpool. But the, the, the stupidest thing about that game is just the fact that Clearly, Liverpool did not want to win those, that penalty shootout. They didn't, they didn't want to be in that competition, and we would have, you know, happily stayed in it a little bit longer. So, throwing away leads, eh? Terrible if we could say that. That was a terrible habit of ours as well. Oh, last yes. season, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, this season as, as, and this as season, well. And this season, yeah, it continues. So, if you've got two teams who um, can't keep a lead, what, where's that going to bring us? You know, as you said, that the that the, uh, the field was pretty low at the moment. But um, do you have any like best performers this season? Some that you're actually, you know, considering this is our future. Bamiyang, but he's sort of gone off the boil of late. Um, but yeah, he's he's our main attacking threat. Obviously, he's 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 the guy that basically gets all the goals. There's pretty much no goals from the rest of the team at the moment. Um, and there's no one else that really, I don't know about you, Tom, but for, for me that really stands out as as having a good season. Um, I I actually think. Um, Socrates has been our probably most consistent defender, but that's not saying a lot because we've been pretty awful all over the pitch. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's the youngsters really that are giving us the the, um, the cause for optimism. Um, we we look like we've got our best crop for quite some time, and the likes of uh, Saka, who's to, who Tom's mentioned, we've got uh, Emil Smith Rowe, um, who's not really featured too much this season, but. Um, we know he's got a lot of talent. Joe Willock is my favourite. Uh, he's um, quite a classy and calm and composed midfielder who has featured a fair bit this season. So he's really good. And then one of the big ones who hasn't really had a chance to make a mark due to being in and out of the squad at the beginning and then um, I think having an injury was Reese Nelson, who was on loan in the Bundesliga last season for Hoffenheim. And he mm-hmm. he looked great then and there was a lot of fans saying oh you know he needs to come straight back in and 
be a be a starting player, and that hasn't happened. And um, but yeah, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of sort of exciting young players who, at the moment, seem to be our uh, you know the, the one sort of cause for optimism. Really, um, a lot of the senior members of the squad are, are underperforming or being mismanaged, um, and it's quite obvious that they've got a lot more to give, but they're just being they're just so confused by the tactics um, and the formations that are being put out that they're just, you know, <laughs> <Sounds> so <offering. familiar. laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it could apply All to so many, so many clubs around the country, really. But um, yeah, especially us two at the moment, I think. I think one other player that I would probably mention in all of that is is Callum Chambers, um, who Whee. who went on loan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, one of your former boys. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, who went on loan to Fulham um, last season and. Came back, and I think with a lot of Arsenal fans, the expectation was was probably that he was sort of on his way out, really. Um, mm. And then um, he's been given an opportunity. He came in initially uh, right back. Um, obviously, Bellerin had a long-term injury, and then Ainsley Maitland-Niles picked up an injury that that meant that we were he, we, he was sort of pressed into playing in that position. And he was actually one of our better players during the time that he was playing right back. He's now... Um, move back into the centre of defence. That's where he played uh, yesterday. I'm not going to suggest that he in any way covered himself in any glory during that game. Um, but that's been quite nice to see, just in terms of, you know, a, a player that sort of felt like he was maybe coming to the end of his Arsenal career and and is now kind of a good a good member of our squad and can fill in in a few different positions. I mean, he was playing defensive midfield for Fulham as well. So yes. um, we could we could potentially even play him there and, and try and solve some of the problems that we have in midfield, which... As I mentioned, we've just recorded our, our podcast and I mean, that that is where we're really just, I mean, I, I don't even really feel like we have midfield. I think we have such a disconnect between um, when we have the ball in our own box and trying to get it to our to our forwards who are, you know, a cut above. I mean, Aubameyang is a Champions League level player. For certain, Lacazette is on his day an excellent um, uh, centre forward but we just cannot, we cannot sort of come together. So you asked, you asked us for good performance this season, and I've suddenly turned it back into um, how bad we've been again. So. <laughs> it's more a collective thing where we just, we just collectively look quite insipid most of the time. So if you're looking for um, any any weaknesses that you might exploit when we when we come to play each other soon, I think Tom's hit the nail on the head. It's the midfield and um, and just the fact that we have this tendency to sit so deep even at home, even at the Emirates Stadium, um, which means that if if uh, if we do give you the ball and, and if Southampton are feeling comfortable enough to to dictate the play and take the game to us, then you could get something out of it. There's, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be able to. Um, we You should have nothing to fear. Uh, against, have you against seen us play? <laughs> have you seen um, our midfield? Have you seen how deep that we play at home? It's... it's... <laughs> I haven't, no, I haven't seen, I've seen highlights of Southampton this season and obviously I've kept a close eye on results since the drubbing uh, by Leicester and yes, you've lost both those games, I think Everton being the most recent one, but they've been, they've been tighter affairs, haven't they? You know, they've been two, two one defeats and... Well, yeah, the City game was, was a decent effort. Yes. We were going into that game thinking, you know, if we lose 3-0, that would be a good thing. Yeah, but to you know to put up the defence that we did, and you know the, it was the desire to get in front of the ball that was 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 pleasing. But then yesterday to turn up like that, I mean, we, we just don't know where it's going. Or not, yeah, we just don't know where we're going now. That Leicester game, um, 
I don't, it's very hard to see how someone can recover from, from sort of the public humiliation of, of, of that level. You know, when, when you think about kind of how important confidence is, um, within Are you talking about Unai or Ralph? I'm talking. <laughs> We're just merging into one, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Unai Hasenhutl. <laughs> Maybe they could do a, you know, um, a, a joint, they could become joint managers. We've been talking about this quite a lot recently because Alex, who, what was the, what was the, the three pronged managerial, um, managers that you wanted at Arsenal? Silvino, Lundberg. Silvino, Lundberg and Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, which is basically, ever since I said that, Silvino got the sack at Leon. Uh, <laughs> And Arteta, you know, he's just basically assistant to Guardiola. He's never had a proper job and neither has Lundberg. But I would still go with that over what we've got now because I think it would um, it'd be a better situation. You but, do have um, to realise with all this that Alex Alex has a bizarre Silvino fetish. He's basically a favourite player. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing bizarre about it. It's, uh, you know, everybody should have a Silvino fetish, in my, in my opinion. If they don't, it's the problem with them. And not with uh, Silvino or myself. So there you go. Okay, um, moving on to the game. What what are we going to expect in the game? Like, how are you going to set up, and how you know how do we approach it? So uh, how well, will we set up? Oh, go on. Yeah, if it's anything like the last game I went to, which was the one-all draw against Wolves at home, we will we will sit back and look to look to get you on the break. Um, that shouldn't be too difficult to be honest. Which is which is actually mad for an Arsenal fan to say because we we just we don't this is new to us we don't really see that happening at home and um, I don't know yeah it, it depends on whether you whether you sort of fall into that trap and 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 want to come out and and sort of try and dictate the play if you if you do then maybe we maybe we have the ability to to go and get you on the break. Right. Well, basically, um, Saints yeah. are going to play five at the back and they're going to play yeah. two holding. So we are going to sit, especially away from home. Uh, we are going to sit and try and catch you on the counter. I, that's what I'm going for. So it sounds right. like it's going to be like that game in the, in the Simpsons. Do you remember where the ball is just going to be in the centre <laughs> yes. circle and everyone's <laughs> just going to, no one's going to want to, no one's going to want to go anywhere near it. I mean, the, no, the, yeah. the hilarious thing when you look at sort of us as a, a quote unquote counter attacking team is that your expectation of a counter attacking team would be that they would uh, be quite good in, at the back. Um, create chances. <laughs> well, yeah, create chances, create chances on the counter attack, but be be resolute and strong in defence. I mean, think about something like Atletico Madrid uh, in the in the sort of the, the the heights that they they've reached under Simeone. I mean, how kind of strong they were at the back, how few chances they gave away. We are currently giving away more chances than we have. I think. Well, in the in the Opta era. Um, I saw a tweet um, earlier on today saying that, uh, that that's how many chances we're giving away to our opponents at the moment. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, to, for, to my mind, it just beggars belief that we would we would be looking to play this counter-attacking style when we're unable to kind of keep it tight at the back ourselves. It seems to be um, an utterly foolhardy way to go about it. I think the other thing is, having myself not seen a huge amount of Southampton this season, my question would be, how able are you to press um, your opponents as a unit? Because we have this desire from the coach to play out from the back that's, that still um, kind of is there lingering from when he tried to do it with Czech last season. And there was one occasion where we almost passed it into the back of our own net. Um, 
So if, you know, if, if the desire is there from your forwards and midfield players to kind of get in our faces when we've got the ball in our own half, then um, I think you'll be able to kind of get some turnovers and create some chances that way as well. Well, Kev, I mean, you'll back me up on this. At the start of the season, and indeed when, when Harsen Hill took over midway through last season, that was the that was our game, wasn't it? It was just all high press, everyone's yeah. pushing forward. But like I say, confidence at the moment. We don't, I mean, we, you could always rely on Saints to start the, the first 10 minutes of a game. No matter who it was, home or away, they were pressing and they were going for it. And you thought, oh, you know, you might get something out of this. And then after those 10 minutes are up, that is it. And the, the press seems to fail. But since since we've been going on this drab run, we've been starting games behind all the time. And that, that can only be Hassenhussel. His confidence must be zapped. Yeah, I mean, the whole team looks completely deflated. And yeah, that high press that, um, that undid Arsenal um, yeah, at home. Last That's season right, yeah. hasn't yeah. been seen at all. Yeah, I mean, so, we're, 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 no, we're no better at playing out from the back, I would say, than we were were then. Um, so um, that that's sort of, I think, if I was an opposing coach going into playing a game against Arsenal, that would be one of the first things that I would talk talk to my players about. But the thing with, with, with a pressing game like that is, as you say, confidence plays a huge part in it. You have to have the confidence that your teammates are going to press alongside you. And yeah. as, soon as, as soon as one link in that chain kind of, doesn't go in the way that you expect them to that's when you can obviously be carved apart and and if you're in a bad run of form it's very hard to have the confidence to go out there and, and essentially take the risk to press because you you know that and with the you know with the players that we've got the pace that we've got up front um and if Ozil plays his ability to obviously pick out a pass then that is a risk a risk that you take um okay this is going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a funny question are there any Saints players that you're concerned about um I, I don't know about concerned about but i was thinking about this question in advance and i've I've been looking at your squad again and reminding myself of certain players i think obviously i don't know james ward prowse looks like one of your most consistent performers and if i was to pick anyone from from southampton at the moment that i think could improve arsenal he he looks like he could be he could be one of those um players i like though um I don't know how if he's been playing much, but I like um, Gineppo and the goal that he scored against. Uh, I think it was was it Sheffield, Sheffield United, United away. Yeah, yeah, very good goal. Yeah, really good goal. We're 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 excited about Gineppo. I mean, he's he he come in at the start of the season from Standard Liège. We didn't know a lot about him. We we knew that he had pace um, and he was going to run at players, basically do what Redmond can do. Um, but you know, he's, he played. Was it Kevin? Played two games, scored both of them, but he'd been injured. Only came back yesterday. One of our better players, actually, in, in, in yesterday's defeat. But yeah, um, we're excited about him. We just needed he just needs to be you know integrated more into the squad. Someone yeah, someone I expected a lot more from. Yeah. Um, sorry, so, sorry to interrupt. Sorry, uh, sorry, someone I expect a lot more from since he's been with you was, and I, I'm, I'm sure you guys probably feel the same as um, Buffal. I just don't know what's mm. really happened with him. Like he's he was so hyped, and it was like he was going to come in and be um, this really exciting sort of attacking force for you guys and he's just not really done anything has he i, I don't know maybe i'm missing no, stuff that i haven't right. been i mean he stuff. was he, he was on loan last season oh right okay so yeah he wasn't with us last year he didn't do very well you know away he was welcome back into the team and again he's been getting i mean kev i know you're probably going to agree with me on this one but he should be starting because we, he came on at half time yesterday and changed it for us and we come out in the second half we looked like a different team and that was probably okay. down to him so I think moving forward, I, I expect him to start against Arsenal. If I'm honest, if he's fit, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, he does bring a lot of energy to the team, and it was, you know, we were playing completely differently when he when he came on. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he is going to be on the bench, he can be an impact sub, but not in the 85th minute. No, exactly. There's nothing for him to do. But um, so if that was reversed to us, I mean, if we could take an Arsenal player to have in the Saints team, I mean, Kev, we were talking about we'd like to take a Bama Yang, um, but. I mean, we we struggled to score goals, and you know the the goal scorers that we've got in Danny Ings, that's not our issue. I mean, he's got seven goals this season. That's not the problem. Our problem is getting the ball to him, and you know, our, quite obviously, our defence is appalling. Um, so, could you recommend a hard-working, organised centre back? And I don't want David Luiz. Uh, well, I mean, Rob Holding would probably be um, the one in whom we have the most long-term hope. Uh, he suffered a very bad injury last season and he's just coming back um, into the team now. A similar situation <clears throat> to the one that's going on with Bellerin. I think he will probably not be at his best until um, next season now, just because of the amount of time that it can take to get back from, from these sorts of long-term injuries. Um, so, you know, if you want to, if you were looking to kind of poach a player and, and hope that uh, he could do a job, for you, assuming that um, you're still in the league next season, which is not a deal, um, he would probably be the one just because, you know, you don't, you don't want Mustafi. Um, Alex loves Socrates, but Alex is Greek Cypriot, so he is biased. Uh, 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 I, I like Mavropanos <laughs> as well. Mavropanos never plays for us, so, uh, <laughs> you know, that says um, everything. How are you, how you doing, how you doing for left back? Because uh, I think our most exciting defender is Kieran Tierney who we signed from Celtic in the summer yeah, yeah. Uh, for 25 million he came to us injured as well um, and so is only just sort of making his way back he's featured in a couple of Premier League games and mostly in Europe and the Carabao Cup but he's looked great every time more or less and um, yeah he is just a fantastic sort of attacking looking wing back in the mould of what we hope someone like Andy Robertson um and yeah, he just looks great. So he, we're I mean, very we're very excited about him, um, and hope, hopefully he will cement his himself as sort of our number one, number three, and uh, dislodge Kalasanac firmly for the rest of the season. But that, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I can't believe, Kev, that I've overlooked a left-back, because that is the position that we don't really have at the moment. I mean, we've got Bertrand. Well, I mean, we've got Bertrand. Yeah, but he's suspended. played it out now. Um, and we sold Matt Target to Villa. Our other left back. Kalasnach is, is really good if you uh, need someone to defend you from an attack by a knife wielding. Um, yes, 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 yes. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Criminal. A knit, He's really good a knitting, at that. Knitting needle wielding. <laughs> they, they released the full video of that. I don't know if you saw it this I week. I didn't. I, I didn't see the full. No. So I mean, it's not that much longer than the original one, but you do get to see a different, slightly different angle of the way the guy kind of comes at him with this knitting needle and it's just so funny the way that Klasnach first of all does not even flinch yeah, yeah. at all and then the guy's like tapping him on the arm with this thing <laughs> like he's like look I've got a knife I've got a knife Klasnach just does not give a shit um, <laughs> but he's also not a very good defender uh, yeah I mean Tierney is, is Alex is completely right with Tierney we a few weeks ago were kind of holding out hope that maybe what would happen is that we would be totally transformed when Bellerin and Tierney came back into the team. And that could still happen because, as we've said, they're both coming back from injury. Uh, Bellerin played yesterday and he, there were definite signs of rustiness there, um, especially defensively. But um, 
you know, the position of fullback in, in football these days is, is so crucial. Um, and you look at, you know, a team like Liverpool who yeah, are Liverpool obviously are two, two brilliant fullbacks. Yeah. Cream of the crop. And I mean, I think Trent Alexander Arnold is probably in a league of his own because he's a, 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 a fullback who could basically, I think, play, um, central midfield and be as, um, as important to the game. He, he seems to have so many kind of creative attributes, but, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose in our most optimistic of moments, we would, we would think that once those two guys come back and are fully fit and firing, then maybe we can start to play, uh, a little bit better. Um, I wanted to just quickly say one thing that I'm, uh, I'm frightened of from Southampton. Um, okay, and, I'm intrigued. <laughs> and that is the kit that you'll be wearing when you come to the Emirates, which I, I'm assuming is your grey and yellow away kit. And I think is one of the worst football kits I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, really? <laughs> second only, second only to your home kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, um, do you know what? I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. Of, no, no one's a fan of the home kit, but I actually quite liked that, that away shirt. I thought it was OK. But we've got a third one, which is all white. That's that's not was, bad. It, was the home shirt re- released before the away shirt? No, they're all, all released together. But you saw the home shirt first? Yes. Basically, the point I'm trying to make is you, you saw the, the abomination that was the home shirt, and therefore that's the only reason why you, you feel slightly warm towards the away shirt, just because you weren't looking at the home shirt anymore. Yeah, possibly. Um, this sponsor, LD Sports, what what is this? Oh, oh my goodness, get Kev, on this. Kev yeah. do you want to field this one? Because we did a we did an episode on this, not not a whole episode, but I think we probably could have done. Does it like even exist? Uh, it didn't. I mean, when I typed LD Sports into um, into Google. It come up with JD. It said, "Did you mean JD Sports?" Like, no, I don't. But Kev, yeah, what was your um? Well, I mean, I did a little bit more research, and um, with my elementary Chinese, if you googled those four characters, it was a Google whack. Um, so yeah, it hadn't launched by when the sponsorship was announced. Uh, it has now. Still not clear exactly what it does. They've got an app. Um, my conspiracy theory is that it's um some sort of investment vehicle to get around all the financial fair play laws um so that gal can put money into the club in some sort of uh, nefarious way but it's really dodgy and the logos not only yeah they've got a sponsorship deal but yeah the logo is not only unsightly it's also blue which is a no-no down here yeah exactly yes Yes. i mean it, it makes you wish for you know some kind of awful betting company doesn't it it's like <laughs> this is what they wanted to stay away from yeah it's no draper tools and it's no sanderson no. either dimplex no there's nothing like that dimplex oh wow yeah, that, yeah now we're yeah. talking so <laughs> this this is a big theme of our podcast obviously we we're named after a, a iconic uh shirt from the 90s we we tend to um when we get really really depressed we just start describing football kiss from the good old days to each other <laughs> and then going and looking at how much they cost on the in- online and just like being astonished oh do you know what we've still got to record our episode from the everton game so kev there we go we've got a template we can talk about kits instead yeah that's right beer beer and kits beer and kits yeah, yeah. <laughs> great yeah i'd rather have virgin um placid all over the shirt than uh whatever <laughs> that's it's fine you've still got it on the sleeve yeah we still got it on the sleeve <laughs> Guys, this is going to be this is really going to test your confidence now. Can I get a prediction from you? Yes. Um, I was thinking about this. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it might be one nil to us. Um, but if not, then the the answer could be in the past, uh, as we were just talking about nostalgia. So um, I don't know if you know, but the lesser result has 
now meant that we have had our worst start to a season since the 1982-83 season um, when we played Southampton at home and we drew 0-0. So given our propensity to, yeah, not look like we're very good at the back either side or very comfortable with possession and and, and counter-attacking, that could be what happens. Um, But I thought that was quite interesting because it reminded me of um, a time period that I'm sure you guys will be very familiar with because I mentioned it on the pod uh, many moons ago on on our show. Um, when we were looking forward, uh, when we were looking ahead to um, a game against Southampton, it, it could have been, it could even have been the three-two from last season, um, whereby um, you finished second in the league in the eighty-three-eighty-four season, yes. and nearly won, yeah, nearly yeah. won the double. Yeah, we lost so, it by yeah. by a couple of points from Liverpool, I believe. Yes, so we mm. we're kind of we're kind of rewinding the tape back to a time where we were basically not at our worst, but we were at our sort of middling best under Terry Neal in the, in the early 80s and um, you were almost at your very best that you've yeah, ever been at that's so, the best uh, we've ever been yeah yeah so um, I mean no, that's obviously not a portent for the 2019-20 season <laughs> where we are both struggling uh, badly so yes I don't know I think yeah I think it'd be 1-0 0-0 something like that I can't see it being I mean I don't know Tom what do you think well, I, I think uh, it's unlikely to be nil-nil because Unai Emery in his time at Arsenal has never had a game finish nil-nil. And I mean, we we don't go, we don't have nil-nils. We always concede. We have conceded the most goals ever since 1930. So, I, there you go. All right. <laughs> uh, well, the 30s was a good era for Arsenal. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm going to be bullish and say. That the international break over the international break, Emery is going to pick up his clipboard, put on his gilet, slick back his hair, <laughs> get the lads together at Colney, give a rousing 45-minute PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> and we're going to come out and beat you three 0 Wow. Ooh. Okay. Ken, but but I, I will be putting no money on that score. <laughs> Kevin, what are you going to go for? Oh, we're doing our predictions now. We are doing our predictions now, yeah. Oh, you've kind of put me on the spot. Um, do you want me to go first? You, I mean, you can do. Um, I do have something to say. Okay, go on. Uh, yeah, I might, I might lose my train of thought. I did this guy. It could go any either way, couldn't it? I mean, no. um, <laughs> it could, no, it could go a lot of ways. I think that um, if there's going to be a, a surprise win for us, this, this could be. Um, could be the moment, but yeah, um, at the Emirates, uh, e- even against a not particularly informed Arsenal, I, I don't see us getting anything. Um, however, um, Arsenal, look, they, you do look a little bit shaky at the back, um, as do we, so I think there's going to be a good good number of goals. I think Arsenal are going to win 3-2. Blimey, I was not expecting that. We, we we always seem to be able to get a goal. Um, okay, apart from against Leicester. Okay, um, apart from against <laughs> Everton. But um, Ingsy seems to be able to poach uh, goals out of nothing. But that, I mean, that, that that's going to be Arsenal making mistakes for us to score. Yeah, I mean, look, looking back at the Leicester game, they do do seem to um, be able to bunch up around one player around the ball, and then um, they can be caught off guard that way. So yeah, it wouldn't be completely out of the question for us to get the goal or two. 
Okay, well, I'm going to go completely the other way, and I'm going to say Arsenal win this game 2-0. I cannot two nil. Scott. Yeah, I say 2-0 Arsenal. I don't think we've got anything about us at the moment. I think Saints are going to be looking ahead a little bit to the home games that we've got coming up. I mean, as you know, it's quite a favourable run that we've got, but then nothing's favourable for Saints at the moment. Um, and I think yeah. this international break is going to be bad for us. We've just got to like, lick our wounds and, and you know look beyond Arsenal. And I think, yeah, I just don't think we're going to get anything. I, th- I can't see us. I, my confidence is zapped, Kev. And I think, I think two 0 two 0 Arsenal. Well, we we beat you two 0 at the Emirates last season in a game That's that right, I have yeah. absolutely no recollection of whatsoever. So uh, <laughs> it must have been an amazing game. Well, um, actually, the, the best the best game that um we remember last year was the home game against Arsenal because I went to that game and I had. A, I had oh a yeah, guys. we remember that one. I had a few guys coming over to visit from New York and they'd never been to a Saints game before. So I took them to a game and we took them to Arsenal. I said to them before the game, look, guys, don't expect Saints to score. Don't expect to win. It's just going to be an awful, awful game. And, you know, one of the best moments of our season last year. Well, it turned it around. It it did, yeah. Well, you ended our unbeaten run. We'd gone over 20 games in all competitions unbeaten and things things were looking quite good under Emery at that time. And... uh, so thanks very much because you. Yeah, um... it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to asking this question. No, um, okay. So, would you rather wear a Spurs shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? Shall I try to do this one? I feel this one first, Alex. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I don't believe in ghosts, but I do believe in Tottenham. Uh, and. Uh, I think, um, you know, I, I think I could probably deal with, um, with a few sort of ghouls kind of wailing in the night. I just put some earplugs in. But I mean, you're talking about every single day of my life for five years wearing a Tottenham shirt, which I mean, obviously it's bad because it'd be wearing a Tottenham shirt and I'm an Arsenal fan. But also that would mean that like I'd probably have to attend a wedding or a funeral during that time. I'd probably have a job interview. Um, I think. <laughs> You've really I've, thought about this. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would probably kind of have quite a detrimental effect on my um, life and my mental health. Whereas um, I could just call up an exorcist and, and deal with the haunted house um, very quickly. Yeah, that, that white's not going to look very white after four years, is it? No, absolutely. I mean, unless you're giving me sort of like, you know, sort of a full wardrobe of, of, of Tottenham shirts. Maybe I get like... A range from from the from uh, from back in the past as well, which which then I could sell after I'd worn them um, for a tidy profit on eBay. <laughs> I tell you what, out of all the guests we've asked, that that is the most complex answer we've had. <laughs> <laughs> what were you expecting? Fuck Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's just that's, we're going to leave in just that comment. That'll be Alex, <laughs> that's going to be Alex's answer. <laughs> my my answer is that I'd wear the shirt. Yes, um, one of the biggest reasons for that is obviously that. I'd only have to do that for five years as opposed to living in a haunted house for 10 years, which, um, or, or it doesn't even say living, just sleeping, sleeping in a haunted house. I, didn't, I wouldn't want to sleep for 10 years, especially <laughs> with real nightmares every night. Um, that'd be horrible. But, um, yeah, I think there's no stipulations as to how you wear the shirt. So, you know, maybe, maybe I could just cut the shirt into tiny little pieces and just sort of <laughs> wear, wear a tiny bit of it on, on my person every day or something like that. Wear it inside out even. And or maybe, wear, maybe a jumper over it or something. Yeah. Wear loads of other stuff on top. So you forget that it's even there and you know, Oh yeah. Jumpers that, exist. I've forgotten about jumpers. <laughs> yeah, I should cuts. say, I should say at this juncture that, um, I have actual form 
in having worn a Spurs shirt before. Uh, not not a proud moment of my life. Um, Lose a bet. I was extremely drunk, and uh, it was at a friend's 18th birthday party who happened to be a Tottenham fan. Mm. Uh, and he seized upon the opportunity to um, stick me in the shirt. And uh, I believe there is actually um, photographic evidence out there um, of me in in the shirt. So uh, it was one shameful, of those Hol- Holston efforts from the late 90s, early oh, yeah. 2000s, or something oh, like that. And uh, yeah, so I've done it. I've been there and done it, and felt pretty bad about it afterwards for quite some time but um maybe that's maybe that's what's influencing my deci- decision here that you know i've done it before so I'll, i can do it again no problem okay you, excellent you're off the podcast <laughs> alex <laughs> <laughs> um would you rather be twice the height of peter crouch or half the height of Lionel messi well this is an easy one for me uh i would absolutely choose to be half the height of messi because i think Life wouldn't be worth living if you were <laughs> the height of Crouchy. Uh, every aspect of your life would just be so difficult um, and just so hard to do basic daily tasks uh, that, yeah, there'd be no point. Whereas, you know, what's how tall's Messi? He's five foot five, I think. Blimey. Or is he five foot four? I think he's five foot four or something. I think he's five foot four. Yeah, he's quite small. Yeah. So two 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 feet and nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? No, that's mass, my maths is bad. Two two feet seven inches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I I think I'm I'd be inclined to agree. Um, I think if you were four meters tall, uh, <laughs> your life would be pretty pretty miserable. Um, and you would essentially, I think, just you basically just be housebound. I think. Um. So, yeah, I'd just be, uh, you know, half the height of Messi and join the circus or something. You'd be, you'd be lighthouse bound, I think, if you had that height. <laughs> also, the thing with that is that um, you, it's a shame that the third member of our podcast isn't isn't on this call as well, because he actually is half the height of Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK. And uh, your favourite Arsenal fan chance each? Because we love a good fan chant. You love a good fan chant. You do not love a good fan chant. You know my opinions on the Saints ones. Oh, <laughs> if it's not wash your mouth out, son, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we probably uh, have similar opinions about a lot of a lot of our Arsenal songs. Actually, we have a bit of a dearth of good chants um, at Arsenal. Um, you know, there's a lot of by far the greatest team the world has ever seen, which obviously every other club has. We have a lot of chants that uh, centre around. Our hatred of Tottenham, which I know Alex in particular has takes umbrage with because he's uh, of the opinion that we should probably be singing more about our team than about a, a shit team yes. on the road. Yes, 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 <laughs> I agree with that. Um, so there's not a huge amount to pick from. I am, however, a big fan of a very specific chant that we have, um, which is She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, uh, which the origins of which I don't entirely know. She Wore a Yellow Ribbon is I think to, something to do with the John Wayne film from like the forties or fifties. Yeah. Um, but it's this song that we sing, um, which is basically the soundtrack of, of any cup run that we have. Um, so I, I won't sing it, but the lyrics go, she wore a yellow ribbon. She wore, she wore, she wore a yellow ribbon. She wore a yellow ribbon in the merry month of May. And when I asked her why she wore that ribbon, she said, it's for the Arsenal and we're going to Wembley. And then we go Wembley, Wembley. 
Um, and it's just a really nice sort of uh, evocative song image of, uh, you know, a nice lady wearing a nice yellow ribbon. Um, mm-hmm. But it also, I think, speaks to uh, something that I'm incredibly proud of about Arsenal, which is that we have uh, the best record of winning the FA Cup of any team. Well, of any team, because <laughs> we've won more FA Cups than anyone else. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, something that I'm immensely proud of, even though, even though, of course, the FA Cup has been devalued as a competition over the years. So um, I'm always a fan of of when that one gets sung. So yeah, I think that's the best uh, club specific song um, that we've got and the most evocative and most emotional one. Um, but what we've excelled at over the years, I think as a club is player specific chance. We've been, we've, I think most clubs are really, you know, inventive with player specific chance. And we've had some really good ones over the years. Probably not so much these days. They've been a bit, they're a bit tired and, and boring at the moment, but um I don't know if uh, you guys might remember some of the ones we had, but some of my favourites are for, first of all, for Emmanuel Petit, uh, who played for us for about three years in the late 90s uh, before we sold him off to um, Barcelona. And uh, that one was, um, um, he's blonde, he's quick, his name's a porno flick, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And that, <laughs> at the time, I was a season ticket holder at Highbury and I used to love That's singing great. that because I, I was, uh, you know, <laughs> that was one of my favourites. Yeah, I think that my favourite, at least practical one, uh, is, well, it's kind of aged really badly, but um, Angus Gunn uh, in the style of our World World Cup, England World Cup chant was... Um, Look between the posts and the net. Oh, that was Atomic Kid, uh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold again. Um, yes. And how does it you go? S- uh, you seem to have a player called Will Smallbone as well. Yes, Who, we do, Who's yeah. that? <laughs> Maybe Harry's his son. name presents an opportunity for a good chant there. <laughs> There's quite a lot of them that do, actually. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, none of the youth players have really had been getting the chances to play this season. Um yeah. Compared to last, maybe, so be, maybe if you compose a chant for him, then Ralph might hear it and then think, "Well, let's give him a go." Yeah, uh, that is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, no. The Angus one was, um, yeah, we've got Angus Gunn. He's our number one. You'll never score a goal again. <laughs> I like that. But, um, but, but then, then he conceded nine. So yeah. then he conceded I really nine. Like, I like that. Yeah, look, sure. look between. Was it look? Look between, between the post between, and the net. Yeah, because, you cannot because, escape and you cannot forget. <laughs> because the England chant, well, although it was great, mm. just was the same lyrics, wasn't it? Yeah. The, from a kitten song. They didn't That's even change any of them. Yeah. yeah, Southgate, you're the one, you still turn me on, which I never felt comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I, I like Gareth Southgate as well, by the way. <laughs> the, thing with, like, the, thing, the thing with that is that he, he used to turn you on, Alex, didn't he? But no, no more. Only with a paperback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just like the idea of like um, Southgate hearing that and just being feeling really embarrassed and awkward by it. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. I think that's about it. Unless you want to add anything else, Kevin. Oh, I think I've added maybe more than enough. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> I would go along podcast. with that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for coming on. It's um, it's been a real real pleasure, and thank you for all your uh, really well rehearsed answers. No worries. No worries. Thanks for having us. We're pros at this. We're pros at this, guys. Yes. <laughs> it's been a cathartic experience for yeah. all of us. But yeah, um, anyway, good luck for the rest of the season. Just not uh, against us. Thank you very yeah, much. Likewise. Yeah, I'd like to see up. Arsenal do well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Other, than, other than your abhorrent kits, I don't have any uh, ill will towards Southampton. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, guys, thanks very much. We'll speak soon. All right, cheers. Right. Thanks, cheers. Bye. Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Um, let's start off straight away with the predictions. So... Uh, bad one to start off with. So the Everton game, I went 2-1 Saints and you went 1-0 Saints. So nil pois for either of us losers. Leaving the scores as they were 29-21 to you. Well done, Kev. No movement. Um, Super 6. Uh, round 19 with the midweek games was won by Dan Buck with 15 points. At that point, the overall leader was Tony Randall on 160 points. But round 20 on Saturday went to Adam Darlington with 14 points. And Tony Randall now pulling away for the overall lead of 173. So, nice one, Tony. Uh, fantasy football, Kevin? Yes. Um, actually, before we start, I just want to say one thing that only four of my players played yesterday, so... Okay, I've still got four players to play. Okay. Um, but uh, allow, allow me to take a look at our Southampton FC podcast league. Uh, it does seem unchanged with John Bailey uh, topping it out. Um, and then Matt Markstone, uh, me, Ben Stanfield, then you, then Freddie. What have we got in terms of, would you believe it? Would you believe it, Ray? Uh, What's that? What's that? We have uh, a new team at the top of uh, the In That Number League. Is it you? In the form of... No, is it fuck? (laughs) 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 Um, Obviously, yeah, game week's not still been played out yet. But um, Steve McCulloch's in Ralph We Trust uh, is top of the league. Uh, 12 points ahead of Depogtivo Handelbar. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I think he should start to fear now. He's mm. got um, two teams with a, a big gap at the top. A lot like the Premier League. Um, but our weekly winner is uh, Lucy Hynet and her Che Dream Believers. Well done. How many points did she get this week, or so far? I didn't write that down. Oh. <laughs> Well, well, we just say well done, Lucy. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, no, she's got 63 so far this week. Wow, wow, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping she hasn't got any players playing today. Um, most of her team hasn't played yet. So. Oh my God, how? Uh, two, two uh, City players, two Liverpool players. Um, does she have another like a triple captain on? Um, no, she just captained Vardy. Um, and he scored 12 points, so that's quite a smart move. I, I did consider that, but I, I wussed out. Mm. Uh, my team's not doing too badly. I've um, jumped up to 24th place in the league, uh, 48 points. And again, half my team hasn't played. I've got Wolves, Villa, and a couple of Liverpool players to play. Um, can't quite find you. Oh, there you are. No? All right, all right. Come on. 50 Shades of Chase. It's a hard uh, weekend as it is, all right? Haven't we all? Um, you've got 21 points so far, but again, and yeah, most counting. of your players haven't played. Um, you've got a, a couple of players that didn't feature at all. Yeah, uh, um, Aldevira out. And mm-hmm. Um So that finally brings in Nathan Ake for you um, on the one game week where he scores one point. Yeah, typical, huh? 
But yeah, you've got Rashford, uh, Wambasaka, James Aguero, Sterling, all to play for. So yeah. So would... James Aguero. <laughs> James James Aguero. Um, no, what's his name? Not David James. Daniel James. Daniel James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So now on to where am I? Now the last two weeks, if you've been listening, Kev has just nailed it on location. Um, luckily, it's, I will it's not, say it's not rigged. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's definitely not rigged. So let's see how we fares with this one. Are you ready, Kevin? Yeah, you're going to really try and fight me up this time, aren't you? <laughs> I don't think I can. <laughs> I, my hands are tied. Um, okay, so location, West Midlands. West Midlands, okay. You've helped me out a little bit there, haven't you? Yeah, I was going to say Midlands, but I thought you were just going to bitch and moan, so I thought, West Midlands, okay. Birmingham City. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Revel in this one. Right, okay, population, 270,000. Doesn't really help much, does it? Coventry no. City? No. Um, shameful, Kevin. Stadium capacity, 19,052. Oh, small, small one. Small one, okay. Hmm. Walsall? No. I think you're probably going to get it on the nickname now, to be fair. Uh, the, the Valiance. Oh, bloody hell. Um, I got you. Yeah, the Valiance. Not, oh God, not Port Vale. It is Port Vale. Right, okay. Well done. Um, so yeah, rivals Stoke, the, the Potteries Derby. Yeah. And the stadium? Um, oh shit, I know this one. Um, no, it's just escaped my memory. You're not going to have a stab at some sort of sponsor? Oh, okay. Um, the LG Sports. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, right. I wouldn't wish that on them. Is it the Durex Stadium? No, it's just Vale Park, mate. Sorry. Vale Park, right. Oh, that's why they're the Valiants. Uh, Vale. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, that's probably your worst performance this season. Yeah, I am. I'm quite disappointed with that one. Yeah, never mind. Still better than me. Okay, so still in Europe. So Euro, where am I? Oh, we're still doing this, are we? Yep. Okay. Uh, we we can ask for it for an extension after the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so Central Europe. Uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, fucking hell. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Yes, it is. <laughs> that wasn't rigged, I, I swear. No, you've done it, yeah. Um, population? What, of Munich? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, that's got to be that's got to be in the millions, hasn't it? It's one and a half million. Oh, is that all? Yeah, I imagine so. About, I would have said about three or something. I would have too, yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, stadium. Oh, that's the Alliance. Yeah, how many do you reckon it gets in it? Uh, 80, 82,000? 75. That's, oh. that's pretty big. Um, nicknames? Wankers? <laughs> yeah. L- losers. Um, yeah, now I don't know. Um, yeah, die Roten, the Reds, or Stern der Südens. Stern der Südens. Okay. Star of the South. Uh, yeah. So, so does that mean that like, well, and obviously Berlin's got a bigger population, but does that mean like Hamburg and Cologne and stuff are bigger? Um, Hamburg and Berlin are bigger. Um, I don't think Cologne's bigger than. No, I'm surprised that I thought Munich was a lot more than that, to be honest. Mm. Oh well, that was uh, that, that was pretty impressive. I'm quite pleased with that. Hmm. Yeah, it's your first. Um, what, what are we going to call this? Um, football whack or something? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hole in one. There you go. It's your first hole in one. I'll take that. Okay. Um, Russian phrase this week. So, okay. Um, yeah. Um, phrase this time is что за дела? Что за дела? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Что за дела? ребята? And the uh, second one, if you're feeling a, a bit angrier, we've got что за нах? Oh wow. Что за нах? Что за нах? Что за нах? So yeah, that that means yeah, like what the fuck? Oh, okay. Both very uh, apt. Yeah, I always try and keep them uh, on topic, and that I think good. just gonna get swearier as the season drags on. Mm, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Mm. Yeah, it might have been, but, uh, fucking amazing. So something like that. But, um, I doubt it. I doubt it. But yeah. What, what a blinder. <laughs> Is there a word for blinder? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I think that is about it for this week. Um, yes, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. until well, we're not we're not here next week because of the international break. So yeah, we we just need a break, don't we? We do, yeah. So until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.